Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, and trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I discuss on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the cosmic starseed, Jenny Zarkowski. Jenny is the founder of the Starseed Academy. She is a spiritual teacher, psychic mentor, and business coach. On this episode, we get way out there in the most amazing way, just exploring all concepts of starseed, soul gifts, earth missions, and learning to embrace our gifts and bring them forth in the world and create our own soul empire. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the Woman Waken podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I am super excited, Jenny, to have you on and to have this conversation because I am very interested and connected with the concept of star seeds. And it's something that's come up a lot with a lot of different guests and a lot of different episodes I've done, yet I've never had a full episode that focused on that. So who better to have than the founder of the Star Seed Academy? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to dive in. Yes. So Jenny, you are a spiritual teacher, you're a psychic mentor, you're a business coach, so you're a woman of many facets and talents. But let's start with this Starseed Academy. Can you, I mean, why don't we just go ahead and give you the stage to share what is a Starseed in your mind, what's your idea of it? And then how did you come into the idea, you know, into the world of Starseeds? And then how did you come to found your business, the Starseed Academy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just a little bit about, about how I got started is, you know, I started having a spiritual awakening um, probably around 2012 was when it was really getting deep for me. And I was having all of these feelings about not really feeling like I belonged with like literally in humanity, which sounds crazy, but so many people have this feeling where they're looking around at everybody, everybody around them, even in your own family. And you're like, what? Like, I just don't speak their language. Something's not fitting. Something just feels really off. And I would call that an awakening of your starseed nature, because I would say, to be honest with you, I think that almost everybody is a starseed. It's just whether or not you're awakened to that. And the reason why I say that is I've never done a reading for somebody where they didn't have lifetimes off earth. And technically that's the definition of a star seed. It's just somebody that has had lifetimes off world, right off of earth. And if you think about that, there's so many planets out there. There's so many dimensions and realms. There's no way that you've just been here on earth. 
I've seen, you know, most people start up in like the higher realms, actually. They start up in the angelic realms, making a parallel move from source across to the angelic realms. And then we slowly descend down to something like earth, which is very advanced. So it really does take time. And so that is why you have memories of these, these lifetimes in higher realms, because you've kind of descended down to earth to experience this very advanced school that earth is. And so in my mind and in my work and over the hundreds of readings that I've done, I've never seen anybody not have a lifetime, something off world. It might not be a super galactic lifetime, such as an Arcturian or a Pleiadian, but they've had something like a Fae lifetime in the Fae realms or you know, some kind of an angelic lifetime. And to me, if it's off world, that's considered like a starseed life, right? So in my mind, everybody is a starseed and it's just whether or not you are awakened to that and resonate with that term. Some people prefer light worker and it's really exactly the same idea. Um, it's just what terms you prefer. And whenever I talk to like, I don't know, galactic guides or councils about this kind of stuff, they just laugh because humans just want to label everything. And it really is just that. It's just a label, like our labels about lightworker, starseed, twin flames, all the things that we try to label so much. We lose a lot of um, the expansiveness of it when we do that. So anyway, back to a little bit about how I got started. Um, I was just having all of these feelings and having these memories too come up about you know, lifetimes off world and, and little snippets and flashes of these lifetimes, clairvoyantly seeing them, clairsentiently feeling them and having my gifts really coming online as well. And I decided that I felt very called to speak on what I was going through, to really speak about the, the process of awakening that I was going through. And at the time, there were not a lot of people doing that. And there certainly wasn't anybody really talking about starseeds at the time. I definitely came out with that term way before it was like cute or way before it was accepted and got a lot of pushback. Um, but it was it was really important to me to show up in my authentic truth, even when it went against the grain for a lot of people. So my first calling was to just start a YouTube channel. And the where Starseed Academy came from is I was standing in the mirror one day, actually like doing my hair. And I was talking out loud to my guides as I often did. And I was saying, okay, I know I'm being called to do this. I'm being called to show up and really start talking about these concepts, talking about the things that were happening to me, these, these celestial visitations, these abductions, these gifts, all these things. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. And I was asking them, what do I call myself? And I heard so clearly, I can still feel it like so clearly in my left ear, Starseed Academy. And I, I remember like turning and looking and being like, whoa, like, what was that? It was so divine and it was so beautiful. And that's where the name came from. It was that beautiful divine connection between me and, and a guide where they gave me this really powerful name. And I started my YouTube channel. And since then, I haven't looked back, created an incredible community to build this beautiful business on. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenny, for that introduction and your sort of view and explanation of Starseeds. I think that's so helpful for people to hear and to understand, because you're right, um, a few points that you hit on, I think, are becoming more and more prevalent uh, in current times in terms of people feeling like they just don't belong here, uh, the sense that they just don't fit in, that they're not meant for this world, I've heard people say. And I, I think that that's not necessarily the case and that I think we all belong everywhere in the universe, but I think it's just an indication that we've, so I remember hearing one time that 
like where are we from? We're all from everywhere. Like there's not actually anything essentially like a, a, an earthling. However, it's kind of like if you were born and raised in California, like I was, you are more familiar with it. It feels more like home. And so I think the idea of a star seed, I understand is like you've spent more time in other galaxies, cosmos, planets than here. So yes, we're all of the same creation, all the same source, but Earth is going to feel different because just as you said, Earth is a great learning opportunity or um, what you refer to it as like a, a, a academy or no, what was the word for Earth? It's like a, it's like an advanced school. Advanced school because like you're learning like the real low dense energies of life, right? Like it's the the more challenging thing. So when you come onto Earth, my understanding is that it's a lot denser than other places that you can be that are much more freer and they're more evolved. Anyways, we don't have to get into all that, but there is this more commonplace expression from people who are th- feeling I don't belong here, but without any knowledge, I mean, if somebody really feels very connected to the 3D physical world, they're going to have no idea. They'll think they're just depressed. They're just weird. They just don't, you know, they're a black sheep. And this awakening can be very powerful for people to see the real truth and begin to get more excited and feel more connected with this idea of maybe there's nothing wrong with me, but I've just been seeing things in an inaccurate way. Mm-hmm. I really like how you said people resonate with like maybe a certain a certain star system or somewhere else in the Milky Way. And I've seen and again with uh, so many clients that the reason why somebody would resonate with something in particular is either their first lives were there, like that's where they first started incarnating or it's somewhere that where they've been many, many times, right? So if you continue to incarnate in Avalon over and over and over again, you're going to feel so resonant with the Fae, the unicorns, the dragons, all those fantasy realms, right? Um, So it really just is about the special individual nature of our soul. We have beautiful personalities. We're adding to the depth of our soul with every single lifetime, but you might always feel called back to certain areas. Um, But the thing is, yes, everybody comes, you know, from source. It's all about the lifetimes. And when people say to me, how do I figure out my starseed origins? I say, your Akashic records, it's, it's just your, your past lives. I put that in quotations because, you know, time is, is debatable. It's more like parallel lifetimes, but it's just the other lifetimes that you have had. That is your starseed origins. And you can choose whatever you'd like to resonate with. You've probably had lots of lifetimes all around, not just this galaxy, but many. Um, and then the special thing about having that feeling about being here on earth, then you're like, what am I here to do? There's another, there's another deeper piece that comes online where you're like, I think I'm here to do something. Like, I think I have a reason for being here. I feel like I have this burning purpose or this burning mission that can come online at a very young age. And it is very intense in many people. It almost can create anxiety. It's so intense because you're like, oh, I just, what is it? I want to remember why I'm here because I know I came here for a reason and I have a purpose. And if you're feeling that feeling, then you volunteered to be here as many, many starseeds have volunteered to come here to really be of assistance in raising the frequency of humanity and the collective. Um, But it's not all, it's not all give. 
you're always going to receive something. In every life to hold balance, you are giving, which is how you're being of service, but you're also receiving. And earth has so, so much to offer us, so much for us to receive truly. Um, these really beautiful deep lessons around like the third dimension, which is just so dense and so beautiful and the five senses and, you know, eating food and like all of these things that might not be happening in these higher realms that we get to experience, which are really quite beautiful as well as the fact that earth is actually on an ascension path right now. So she is on an ascension path, which means for us, there's this really beautiful opportunity to step into more awareness, heal, not just our childhoods, but start to heal lifetimes, the layers of the soul starting to go deep into healing past lives. Um, and I think that that's one of the most profound things that you can do with your time on earth. Yes, being of service in your earth mission, which is a whole other topic that we can talk about, but what you're receiving is healing layers of the soul healing lifetimes um and i really encourage people to start with their childhood because you will only be given the next thing once you've healed what you already have on your plate right so you've got to really go deep into that for me i had to come back around to that multiple times and then as a natural progression these past lives will start to open up to you and you will receive these downloads you will have these feelings you will have these 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 flashes of clairvoyance of these scenes and it's really up to you to kind of put that together and heal that which a lot of the times requires soul retrieval um again something else whatever you wanted to dive into I'm like just dropping all these things but like it. no it's keep so going the it's whole just, buffet yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. So it's super intricate. You are receiving so much just from being here, but yes, we are being called into service as well. Huh, Jenny, like 15 things that you hit on. <laughs> I want to like branch off on. But I'll start with saying that what you just said, I love that you spoke that because I think all the time I feel a little bit like a new soul to earth because I get so excited about the unique things that we get to do in this dimension on this earth. Because I don't, I think that more of all beings, maybe, maybe they don't need to eat to survive. And I love food. And I think part of it is because I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to eat this delicious stuff. <laughs> but also like different experiences like sleeping and dancing and singing and sex and all these things that it's debatable whether or not other species do these things, right? But we get to. And you know, it it brings me back to the, the thought that, which also connects with some of the stuff you said, like finding your purpose, that there is great joy to have on earth. And that's another thing I've felt since the time I was born was, why are we also having such a bad time here? You know, there's a lot of great things. There's so much beauty on planet earth. There's so many things, again, like dancing, eating, sex, love, joy, laughter. That's amazing. But I would say at this time, those scales are significantly shifted in people not wanting to be here and not wanting to have to live this life. And I think that that, when I think of star seeds, I think that they came in here to recalibrate, to rebalance and help us to have the experience that I believe you're meant to have on earth. I think that we've sort of lost our way on this planet or, I mean, that gets into such a warm wormhole, right, Jenny, where it's like, but, or is earth meant to show you like what it means to lose your way, but then find your way again. Right. Cause that's a very powerful lesson in the soul's evolution is how can you go into the depths of the darkness, but then reclaim yourself and bring yourself back to the light. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so deep and so true. We actually have like a soul cycle that we go through. I mentioned it just earlier a little bit where when you first are like born into creation, however you want to think of that or, or separate from source in some way, you become this individual personality, this individual soul, you do start a descension, right? So it's not all about ascension and everybody's very obsessed with that, but the soul journey is a balanced circle. So you start with a dissension of, okay, I'm going to go parallel across and have some angelic lifetimes because that's gentle. That's easy. That's not going to put my, me into shock. And then as you get resilient, you move down a little. And okay, now maybe you're in a lower angelic realm or the ascended master realm. And then as you get resilient, after however many lifetimes that takes, there's no rush, you move down a little. And so it's a very special kind of soul that moves all the way down to the third dimension of earth. And many souls choose to go even lower than that. And the beauty about that is, like you said, you lose yourself to find yourself. On earth, our shadows are given a voice. It's called the ego. It's that voice in your head that is constantly going and constantly narrating. The ego voice per, like, gives the, the shadows of you, it, it gives them a voice. So it feels like this battle between you and the ego for a lot of your spirituality until you learn to integrate and accept and understand that your shadows and light are equally important. And you kind of just become more into that wholeness and that oneness. But think about people that choose to go even lower than earth, right? Into whatever you think might be below earth. And there's lots of ideas about that. Now your shadows are not just a voice in your head, but you literally embody those shadows. You become that dark entity. You become the shadows that you are. And the deeper you sink, the more it takes to awaken. And so I would say, if you are listening to this and you feel like an awakening soul, if you can awaken here on earth, which is literally built to keep you asleep through many different matrix programming, it's literally built to keep you asleep. If you can wake up here, I just feel like you're good. Like you're going to be just fine. You know what I mean? Like you're going to wake up anywhere. Is it hard? Is an awakening difficult? Yeah. It feels like your whole life, your whole world gets stripped away when you start to realize the truth behind everything. It's not easy, but it is so important. And it is literally the purpose of, of your lifetimes is to experience that awakening every time. Remember who you are every time. And so you were talking about how maybe earth facilitates that. Absolutely. And the thing about this is we talked about the soul cycle, the descension as going as low as you dare go. And then you rise, you rise back up into remembrance, love, healing, oneness. You rise all the way back to source. Gaia has her own cycle. It's called, it's, it's been, um, uh, given a name by scientists. It's called the procession cycle. Gaia also has a cycle where she moves from dark ages back up into a golden era, back down to dark ages, back up into a golden era. And it can be measured and it's 26,000 years. And the golden era is when we pass through a photon belt of light, which is a part of the Pleiades. We actually, our solar system revolves around a star called Alcyone, which is in the Pleiades. And when we move through that, we move through a 2000 year period of an age of light. And that's times like Lemuria, you know, Atlantis, these beautiful golden eras on earth. You can't stop that cycle. Earth is a school. She can't stay in the golden era, but she will also won't stay in the dark ages. She will just keep on trucking around and around this beautiful cycle. And when you choose to join Earth, choose to incarnate here on Earth, you have a very specific reason. Are you coming during a descension 
Are you coming during an ascension? And there's reasons why your soul would choose that, which are very deep. If you're here now, you chose to join Gaia during the ascension, which means you were probably a little lower than earth or just stuck on earth for a couple of lifetimes and you're ready to rise. She'll take you with her. It's like this beautiful momentum or trajectory. We are moving into a golden era. And so as star seeds, a lot of us are here to facilitate humanity getting on board with that. You know, like there's a lot of ascension symptoms the biggest one is called the purge where society starts purging all of this corruption and people start purging in their own personal lives too not as a collective but personally you start to purge this relationship is no longer aligned this habit i do is no longer aligned it's this massive purge on a personal and on this huge worldwide collective level and so star seeds are here to lead the way right ascension symptoms are hard evolving into the divine human blueprint through so many factors like, you know, solar flares and Schumann resonance. It's very difficult. So we're here to lead the way. We're here to be leaders of spirituality, leaders of oneness, to show people that there's nothing to fear if an old system or way of being has to crumble so that a new one can be reborn. We are here to be the calm in the storm. We are here to say, it's okay. I know what's going on. Let me help you. Let me get everybody on the same page, which is, you know, the answer is always love and stuff like that. So... Absolutely. And what you just said reminds me of this phrase that I remind myself of when I face these times in my life where I think, just as you're saying that maybe collectively we feel or individually where it's like, why is this happening? This is terrible. This is awful. But there's a phrase that says, I've sent you nothing but angels and only blessings, right? So everything that comes into our life is a blessing. The worst thing that could ever happen to us is a blessing. That may be hard to hear. And I'm not trying to tell anybody and discount their experiences, but if you look at it, it's just, when we look at it at a soul level, our soul doesn't know good from bad, right? It just knows about everything that leads to growth and it blesses everything that comes its way. Oh, bless this, this challenging event because it's helping me gain this understanding that I can't gain if I'm always in that sort of golden age, right? We need to go into the depths to reclaim ourselves so that we can enjoy the golden age and see it for what it is, right? That's why we live in duality. Uh, and then the, the the fact you said about, you know, Earth even having its own cycles reminds me of, you know, like a, a lunar cycle where we experience summer and winter. And just like we would never doubt that summer will only last so long. It can't always be summer. We go into winter. It balances things. It's the light and the dark. It's the time of rest and hibernation and then coming forth and, you know, blessing and enjoying the sun. You can see that it would make sense to have that bigger scale of having darker times and then times of enlightenment, right? Golden ages that we need both and it will never just stay in one place because the truth is we don't really want that. We might say that we want to be happy all the time, but that's not what we're having this experience to do because my understanding, I don't know if it's yours, Jenny, but we come from totality, from source. We are a part of source, which is nothing but light and love. That's it. It's infinite. And we, and we came here to actually experience who, what we really are. Right. If you're always like, if, I use the, I've heard the analogy, like if all you ever do is score touchdowns and football, you, it would lose all its meaning because that's all you do. It's the fight. It's the, sometimes you get knocked down. It's sometimes you, we come here to experience the dark and the light so we can see the glory of the light and the courage and the, you know, conviction that we gain in the darker times. So it's all this beautiful evolution of the soul that I think the biggest thing to gain here is to recognize that it is possible to embrace and accept all every step of the way 
Because again, right now on earth, there's all, we have such strong messages about here's what you want and here's what you don't want. And if this is happening to you, it's bad and you need to fix it. And you need to, we don't have a lot of messaging around. It's okay. You are safe. No matter what you're okay. No matter what you'll be accepted and loved. The primary messages we get, which ties into why I believe star seeds are here is that there's something very wrong with me that I'm not valuable in less that I have no worth in less I'm beautiful. I'm desired. I'm smart. I'm impressive. I'm successful. And star seeds know that it's almost like they're looking down at earth and saying, Oh, that's what a silly misconception, right? Like that's, there's no need for that. There's no need for these feelings that you got that's causing deep suffering and not allowing you to go through these cycles with always feelings of blessings and, and love around it. Absolutely. It's like, it's like when I said we came here to lead the way, what you're talking is about you like what you're talking about right now is like a spiritual leader that we need that voice here on earth right now because you're giving voice to what i would call a very modern take on enlightenment right enlightenment is tossed around an awful lot but what does it really mean that is a very modern take on what enlightenment is and i prefer to speak on it in modern terms to help people understand and the truth is that this this take on enlightenment the simplified take that is just as potent is that the present moment is always bringing you exactly what you need. Yeah. And if you can get out of resistance, because when you carry resistance in your body, when you carry resistance in your life, that is the root of all suffering resistance, right? So the steps then to enlightenment are easy and they sound easy, but go ahead and try. <laughs> the first step is acceptance right? Just acceptance of the present moment and everything that it brings you. The second step of this modern enlightenment would be, um, so we're going to go from acceptance and then we're going to go into um, gratitude for it, right? So the first thing is you accept what's coming onto your path. The second thing would be, can you find a way to be grateful for it now? And see it as, like you said, see it as it is It is for you, not against you. Um, and then you, you work your way all the way up to celebration eventually. I feel like I'm leaving a step out, but it's going to come to me as I talk about it. So it's like everything that comes to you on your path is for you. You might not always understand what it's there to do, but it's either medicine or a lesson or a blessing. But you need to start trusting and surrendering to the fact that there is a higher plan for you and that it's all working out best case scenario, essentially. And that is a really high level of trust. And I would say that that's actually more divine feminine to be able to surrender and to trust like that and to say, okay, I give it up to God or I give it up to the universe, whatever this is, I may not understand it, but I accept it. And you move out of resistance and you move into Oh, okay. Like there's no fear then. Like I, I live outside of fear. I live outside of resistance. I live in this place of I accept, I surrender. Now I'm learning to be grateful for and eventually learning to celebrate. Now, of course, to, to ask someone to start celebrating the, the present moment at the beginning would feel like a lot. So just start with acceptance. Can you just accept what you're being given instead of resisting it? And it's like this little perspective shift where you get into a traffic jam and instead of being irritable and triggered and all this, you think, huh, how can I, oh, here's the, the here's one. I knew I would come up with it before acceptance. If acceptance feels like a stretch, just get curious, right? Just get curious about it. So it's like, okay, I'm in a traffic jam. I know that everything happens for a reason and I'm really, I'm really learning this. I'm not ready to accept this yet because I'm going to be eight minutes late for work, but how can I get curious about why it's happening? 
Because if everything is for me, and I've seen that proven in my life over and over again, how could this be for me? It's like, well, what am I learning? Patience. Maybe I'm learning compassion. Maybe I'm learning to let that next car in, which is actually going to open the floodgates of abundance. A generous spirit lets a car in. Abundance shows up in your life. But then the next thing is, what if it goes even deeper? What if five minutes down the road, you would have been in a horrific car crash if you had gone at the speed you were going? And the whole universe conspired just for you. Create a traffic jam because we, we, you're, you're not ready for your exit point yet. We, you're doing so good on your mission. We want you to continue on earth. What if the whole world and every like little irritability, every little frustration, every little traffic jam is actually something so much larger. If you started viewing life in that way, going from curiosity to acceptance, to gratitude, to celebration, what kind of a life would that give you? Because you would never be in fear. You would never be in resistance. You might have $0 in your bank account and you would still, if this, these were your strong belief structures, you would still say, this is supposed to happen. Everything is working out. I'm supposed to experience this. The sooner I get the lesson, the sooner I move into that gratitude and that celebration, the sooner it resolves itself. And this lesson can move on and I can you know, upgrade to the next lessons. A lot of people get stuck on the lesson of finances, but once you move past that, there's so many beautiful lessons above that. You know, so it's like really just if you could just get out of resistance, get into I'm curious, I'm I'm a little irritated, but I'm curious. Okay, I'm going to accept it. Okay, I kind of feel very grateful for this. I'm looking back and I'm seeing how all the things that I was annoyed by all the breakups I had all the times I was sick all the times, whatever, it always worked out for my highest good. And then you move into celebration, which is that bliss. So that's a really modern take on enlightenment. We don't need, you know, like a hundred books to read a hundred books about enlightenment. We just need to understand this perspective of it's all happening for you. Get out of resistance. And wherever you can show up on that scale of curiosity, um, acceptance, gratitude, celebration, where can you meet me at with that? Where can you meet the present moment at? Can you become friends with it? And I really would just say like the best book I ever read about presence was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. That book rocked my world. I think I've read it seven times. Like it's so good. It teaches presence in a whole other way and becoming friends with the present moment and, and starting to notice the magic all around you. If you live up in your mental cognitive energy, you are missing out on life. And everyone is living in their heads, literally everyone, I feel like, um, you know, even people that would consider themselves spiritually awakened or enlightened, they still bounce back and forth between, oh, I'm in my head, come back into my body, come back into this present moment. So that is something that is another, another huge key to enlightenment is just presence. If you could just do that, you'd probably be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yet it's so challenging for most of us because that's, again, something that's not really honored is taking time to just be. We are such doers here. And most of us feel that we gain our value and worth by doing. And it's masculine energy, right? Very masculine. It's energy. all masculine. And that's, you know, of course my show is Women Waken. So that's, and that was, uh, maybe I can take it a little bit to my story of how I connected with the star seeds. But my first impetus in my awakening was this work of the divine feminine that just kind of felt like it was like beating me on the back of the head. That was like, women, 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 bring them together. Let them speak. Let them come forth. Bring Women need to hear each other. They need to share what they really feel inside. They need to bring forth something. Women, women, women. And I was like, okay, like I like women. I'm all for supporting women. But like, what is, what is this all about? And it led me on my journey of realizing the dire imbalance we have on this planet where we are 
predominantly, if not all masculine energy in our society, right? It's about doing, gaining, production, profit, in innovation, technology, all these things that are not inherently bad, but if that's all you got, it's all one-sided. And that's all, those are all externals, right? To me, mm -hmm. my vision of the masculine feminine is the feminine is that which honors life and holds life sacred. That makes sure that if you have two children who are born, you wait and you make sure that they are each fully cared for, honored, safe, secure, before you even think about bringing in more children. The masculine is like, let's just keep producing more. Let's just keep doing it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So that's what our world is, is we just keep banging things out and not attending to that which is. And we 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 minimize the value of honoring life, which is absurd because that's the only thing that ever matters is that you honor and see life as this sacred thing that it is. Anyways, so uh, that's sort of the work that I felt called to do. But it was interesting because as I got on that track, this strange um, call to the cosmos came to me where I was like, just this idea of there's, there's knowledge out there. There's wisdom that wants to connect with you. And I've always been very open to all of that other, you know, aliens and such. But then I, you know, as this happens in your awakening, I came across the idea of star seeds and like alien communication. Uh, a big uh, outlet for me was, have you heard of, do you know Dolores Cannon, the channeler? Yeah, she's wonderful. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and I really appreciated some of her notions and that led me to find, um, well, she talks about star seeds and other highly evolved beings, species. And somehow I came across the book, Bringers of the Dawn. Do you know that mm -hmm. one about Canadians and their message to earth? And I tapped into that and that just like opened a floodgate where I just had this sense of like, oh my gosh, I resonate with this so much. And then of course I started hearing like Pleiadian, Pleiadian, Pleiadian over and over. Cause you were saying that if you connect with a certain galaxy or, you know, location, it's because you probably have lifetimes there. And that's when I realized I have this birthmark on my stomach that I've had my whole life. And I looked at it and it's literally the Pleiades. It's like that totally oh, cool. like a perfect replica of the Pleiadian galaxy. And, and so it makes sense that like, yeah, I probably spend a lot of time there. And I think what else it is, Jenny, when we connect with it, it's because we came here to bring that specific message from that region, right? There's the Octurians, there's a lot of different places. And the, when I think of Pleiades, I think of bringing the message of heart center, right? Heart centered existence, where you're, you're not ruled by your brain or your ego. You're thinking about how do you connect most through love and how do you bring the most love to your area to Pleiadians are all about service. They're almost like, yeah. you know, humanitarians, if there was a word for that in Pleiades, but they're all about service and humanitarianism and bringing people together and sharing. They have incredible technologies in the Pleiades uh, for medical and science and everything. And they are always sharing that throughout the Milky Way with, you know, even um, the constellations like Draco, where there might be a lot of issues, they continue to show up and offer what they have learned to help each society around the Milky Way to kind of level up. And they, and because their belief is when we rise together, right? And I think that that's a really beautiful belief for the Pleiadians. Yeah. Wow. I also just, just because I get a lot of senses, I also really sense Andromedan energy with you as well, which is very divine feminine. Ooh, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it's a beautiful divine feminine energy. They are, um, they're energy movers. They are healers. They are communicators. Uh, they're, they're just beautiful. Uh, and they're very, very good creators as well. So if you find, you know, that you really understand what people call manifestation or what I call that sovereign creator aspect, that's definitely from them as well.
Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about the work you do through your Starseed Academy. So let's say somebody find you, they wander in and they're like, this is all kind of new to me, but I feel I have a higher calling. I feel I, cause I, what I found people is like, they, they are almost having a clear audience. They're hearing things, they're getting guidance in their dreams and they're confused. Right. Cause if, again, if you grew up in very much like a 3d earth centric household, those ideas are considered nonsense. I know my family thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> if I talk yeah, and- about and a lot of starseeds choose really difficult childhoods with parents that are either really religious or really like my parents were extremely like there was like quite a cult going on of religion and there was no space for gifts. That was all just evil. And so that really kind of tears that natural piece of you away from yourself and you have to regain that. Psychic gifts are very natural. They're just as natural as like your fingertips. We all have psychic centers. They're built in. They wouldn't be built in if they weren't natural. You know, you've got the clairs, which you quickly mentioned. So clairvoyance is third eye, which is in your third eye chakra. It's built in. It's right there. Clear audience, you have ear chakras above your physical chakras. Uh, or sorry, above your physical ears, you have these ear chakras. And then clairsentience is either the heart or the solar plexus. And then claircognizance is the crown chakra. That's your, people say I'm getting a download. That's just like you're receiving, you you just know. These are French words. They mean clear hearing, clear seeing, clear feeling, clear knowing. Um, and actually that is my signature program. It's called Psychic Light. And I teach people how to discover their gifts and then how to master them. So we learn the language of the clairs. We spend a lot of time on soul gifts. Everybody has an individual or more than one soul gift that they come here with uh, to share with the world. That's a big part of your earth mission. I would say your earth mission is just figure out what your soul gifts are, get comfortable with them, and then offer them in service to humanity. Or some people are here to serve the animal kingdom or the environment, whatever it is. You use your soul gifts in service, you're on your path, like you're on you're on your earth mission path. And that is so beautiful. And that is where you get it, like abundance opens up, opportunities open up as soon as you put yourself in the seat of service in alignment to your personal soul gifts. So that's what I do in Psychic Light. I teach people to channel, we do, we do um, astral travel, Akashic records, light language, the clairs, all of it. That's where a lot of people start with me. Um, And then once they have their gifts mastered, it's a four-month course, so it's a lot. Once we have that really strong understanding of our gifts and they're mastered, the next logical next step is CEO of Light, which is my program to help people take those gifts and build a beautiful business of service, right? A healer or a reader or a coach or a mentor, any, any kind of online business of help, like even people that create beautiful jewelry that is like high frequency crystals and jewelry, you know, there's, it, it works for every kind of spiritual business. So I've got those two signature programs. Um, and for people that are really just getting started and not quite ready to like, feel like they're ready to invest in themselves. I have a membership. The Starseed Academy membership group is like incredibly accessible, unbelievable value where we do live events together every month. There's a community, there's chats, there's contests. There's a huge resource library of, of like 200 videos or something that's not available anywhere else. Trainings, masterclasses, all kinds of stuff. So that would definitely be a great starting place as well. Wow. What, what fantastic offerings. And how do you find that people find you? Like, how do you, cause again, this is, it's not, it's becoming more commonplace and more people, more people are talking about it. There's more awareness around it, but is it, are people usually already on their spiritual path or how do they usually come across you to do this work? 
A lot of people tell me that they felt divinely guided to my YouTube channel. Somehow they were in a, a state of something, you know, you know, some kind of crisis or they're struggling with something and they're talking to their guides or God or their higher self or something. And then all of a sudden one of my videos will pop up in their feed on YouTube. It tends to be a lot of YouTube that I would say people find me and they're like, whoa, what's this? And then they watch it and then they binge all of them. They're just like, there's so many videos on the, and they just get into this, like, I'm going to binge everything. And when you find somebody that speaks your language, language, it's a special feeling, right? Like, and people say that to me, they say, you know, you speak my language, you feel familiar to me. And that's how they know that they, they feel trusting that they can work with me further. You, everyone has, I really encourage everyone to understand that I am not special. Everyone has a, we're all special. If I'm special, then we all are because everybody has a built-in soul mate, client, what I call soul family. If you were to, you know, master your gifts and put yourself on a platform like YouTube or Instagram and really speak from the heart in an authentic way, you would have the exact same experience. People would be saying to you, wow, you feel really familiar. Wow. You really speak my language. Wow. I really resonate with your message. How can I work with you further? And so it just takes that bravery and that courage to put yourself out there. And as a spiritual leader, that's what you're being called to do. And so many people like listening to this might be feeling that what we talked about at the beginning, that urgency. Oh, I know I'm here for a reason and it's making me a little anxious. What am I here to do? It's not that complicated. You are here to discover your gifts and, and then use your gifts in service. And that's it. And that is literally all that you're here to do. Just discover what your gifts are. You have something really special about you and unique. I can help you with that. And then get those gifts in service in some way, like a podcast, like a YouTube channel, like something where you're offering some free content value to people's lives. Um, and then from there, it will naturally evolve into, okay, my audience is asking for this kind of offering, or they want this kind of program. It was just so organic for me. People would say, can I get a reading with you? You talk to your own guides. Can you talk to mine? Yeah. I started offering readings. Can you teach me to do what you do? Yeah. I started teaching cl the clairs and channeling and all the things that I do. And then of course, the next logical step is, can you teach me to have a business like you? Absolutely. So it's just, it all feels very like you have to just start somewhere and it will, it takes on a life of its own. Your, your earth mission will just, it will guide you. You just have to make that first step. And for me, it was really scary. Like I said, I was, I was called to YouTube, but I was terrified. And I got that pushback. Oh, crazy girl. What does she think she is? Starseed. What is that? All these people thinking like that was just bonkers back then when I was talking about it. Um, now it's a lot more gentle, I think. Um, but it really does take courage. You've got to use your voice and tell your story somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And would you say, Jenny, that our soul gifts can sort of blossom and change? Because as you were saying that, uh, just to give a little bit of anecdote from my path is that I feel I'm sort of in a state of the phrase that you teach what you need to learn. I'm still trying to heal from my own earthly, like the go into the depths, right? I'm coming back from difficult trauma, difficult core false beliefs. So I've been speaking to that, trying to help others like, hey, if you feel how I feel, if you have these same challenges, because I do have a YouTube channel and do this podcast, of course, and that's where I'm at. Yet I've, I've always felt this call that um, once I, I do more of my healing, I'm going to be more accessible to receive uh, valuable knowledge and wisdom, hidden wisdom that's meant to come forth onto earth. And then that will be my platform that I'll speak from. But that's not where I'm at yet. So I'm trying to that. Is that typical that someone might have to first evolve and grow and speak where they're from, but that their soul gifts can change? 
Oh, absolutely. They do evolve. You get this momentum going, but all you have to do is just start by showing up the way that you are. And then this momentum takes over where your soulmate clients are past versions of you. So you should speak to your own struggles. I spoke a lot about PTSD, childhood abuse, um, religious trauma, addictions, all the things that I had been through. I spoke very vulnerably about that. That's how I built my community. And as the more that I did that, the more that my gifts evolved. And so you, first of all, you have more than one gift. Second of all, they evolve. If you put them in the spotlight, they will evolve. And so I would say, don't wait too long to start offering services, Be, you know, healing services or reading services or whatever it is that feels like your gift, start offering services. Because when I put my gifts in the spotlight that way, they blew my mind. I would be in session with someone and very nervous. It's very scary at the beginning, but I would leave that session going, I didn't even know I could do that. I didn't know I could do a soul retrieval. I didn't know I could speak light language. I didn't know this or that. It, it will surprise you because your gifts love to be in service. They're activated by service. So not just the platform of, of information the way that I had YouTube, but then when people started asking me for, so you got to pay attention to what your audience wants. They start asking me for readings. I could have said, no, I just do this. And I never would have moved past that. But I listened and I said, okay, yes, yes, I can. And I just kept saying, yes, I can, whenever they would ask for something scary or more from me, right? So you can just allow your path to lead you in that way, but you will always have to stretch beyond your comfort zone. You can't stay in your comfort zone and expect it all to happen. You're constantly going to be asked to stretch, stretch, stretch. And and as soon as it gets comfortable, then you'll have to stretch a little further and you just keep stretching. Not too much. You don't want to hurt your nervous system, but a little bit each time. I always say just follow your joy with a splash of fear. As long as there's a splash of fear, that's a really good thing. If you get too comfortable, you need to do something a little more. Absolutely. That's funny because just this morning I was thinking that I, I was just thinking about like different opportunities and I thought, you know, I don't think I would, I would never turn down an opportunity just because of fear. Right. Maybe it didn't seem for my highest good if it didn't seem if I didn't care for the energy. But if it was just out of fear of like, oh, I don't know if I could do that, that's when I say yes. Right. That's when it's like, yeah, if I don't think I could do it, then yes, I want to try it because that's it's your it's that uh shifting gears, right? It's that challenge point that's gonna give you that grit, right? To grow. Because we don't grow without grit. We don't grow without the the tension and the challenge to really sort of push ourselves. Absolutely agree. That's exactly what happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that came to me is I, I feel, because I've always felt this way, and I think it's probably commonplace with star seeds, is because what you're essentially saying when you were talking about, like, yes, now I do work with people as star seeds and soul retrieval. So I, I'm a therapist, that's my profession, but I feel the confines. I think it's because I'm a star seed that I know I'm not meant to stay in like these archaic ideas not that I believe therapy can be very helpful but it's a very small like touch point on how you begin to heal it's the inception point but there's so many greater levels of healing of evolving of growth it's not just what we have um as sort of like the mainstream paths you can take in life so do you think that's a star seed thing where because I also feel like we're meant to bring new paradigms of ways that we work and have occupations and have relationships like I think all these things are meant where we need to break out is my is how I've always felt like we're very oppressed in well you can only be like 12 different things in this world and that's it yeah. and I actually have a therapist in my CEO of light um so she is feeling the exact same way like you know healing is overly westernized and she's ready to break out of that and bring in some really beautiful magical 
healing abilities and modalities. And my and I, I definitely think that that is the sign of a new earth leader trying to come through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would say to that is it's really important for you to follow your soul nudges. So somebody could, and I've seen this firsthand, somebody goes and gets like a Reiki certificate. They're like, okay, well, I want to do energy healing. I feel like my divine archetype is this healer. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go take a bunch of courses on different healings. I'm going to take this kind of healing, that kind of quantum healing, this, that, all the things. What those courses can do for your soul gifts is activate you into your divine archetype of the healer. But it's super important for you to go off the books because most of the time, star seeds, new earth leaders are here to do things that aren't being done yet. And so if you're activated by a Reiki course, beautiful, get comfortable, let that be activated within you. But then in a session, stop following the rules and listen to the soul nudge. It's like, don't do the hand placements exactly. What do you think this client needs? It's like, oh, well, I actually think I should go down to the feet and do this. And now you're doing like removals before you're inserting like, like you just don't know. But if you just trust in your intuition, if you really trust in your soul nudges and just try things, that's where your soul gifts surprise you. That's what I said. Like when I put them in the spotlight, it, there, I did things I didn't know I could do. You can't do that in a box. You can't do that. Oh, I took this course and now I have to follow these rules. You can't do that in a box and maybe therapy for you is that box right now and you need to like break outside of that if you're a healer archetype what ways do you want to heal you know do you want to heal with sound frequency with light language with um calling in the person's highest self and doing integrations with that like there's timeline healing there's so many ways that you can do beautiful healing and so play play in that and see what comes through yeah, absolutely. That I connect with that so much because I uh, something I heard once when I was kind of I was like, well, what do I do now, right? Like, what am I going to do next? And I I had this you know clear audience that said, you're not going to find what you're looking for because it doesn't exist yet. You're going exactly. to create it. You're going to pull something that doesn't exist yet on this plane. And that's really opened my mind to, gosh, like there are infinite possibilities of the universe. And again, in Earth, we choose from like a handful. So it's not. Uh, unreasonable to think that there's going to be, and especially now, I think that this is accelerating right now. We're going to be introducing and incorporating new things that we've never even thought of. And it does kind of harken, right? You said that we're going back to a golden age. Well, what they were doing in Lemuria and in Atlantis was leaps and bounds beyond what we now do in life, right? So, and I think some of it's going to be some of that, but I think it might even be new stuff that was never even present there. So it is mm-hmm. a really, it's a challenging time, but it's an exciting time because it's the beginning of something brand new of this exciting revolutionary time of change. Like just think about the first person that ever spoke light language. Mm-hmm. Imagine the amount of courage. They looked crazy. Like absolutely they did online. They looked like they were speaking gibberish. They would have gotten so much pushback and look now how beautiful and how much it helps people. It's so healing. It's so activating. It's such about, it's about soul remembrance. Imagine the first person that had to do that, that that was their calling. I feel bad for them. That would have been terrifying. And they would have had so much like bullying, online bullying and all the things. So if you think about that, if if you have to be so, so passionately connected to your soul mission, your soul gifts, that you don't care if you look a little crazy, that you're willing to go that far, that you're that into it, that you're that passionate, that you're that devoted to your mission and your gifts, that it doesn't matter if you look a little crazy. Most gifts look a little crazy. I love doing, I have this like um, single session called soul, soul gifts. 
And in it, I show people like other lifetimes where they were doing like, oh, maybe in ancient Egypt or maybe Lemuria or maybe a lifetime. This is what your gift was. This is how you did it. Can that translate to earth? Sometimes. I mean, a lot of the time it's a modality of healing that can literally just translate right here to earth. Just start doing it now. But other times it's things like opening portals or a beautiful flyer. You can't necessarily fly here, but what can you do with that? How can you make it work on earth? Maybe you take people on astral missions and you learn all about astral travel or the portal opener. Well, maybe you teach people about timelines and how to align to timelines. You can always find a way to make your soul gift work and it will just blow your mind. But my advice is that you can't figure it out on your own, mm -hmm. as in you can't figure it out behind the scenes. Like you can try all you want. Like I could have tried all I want to figure out like my modality of healing or my channeling or whatever. The moment I put that into session with a client is when it, it worked, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like, can you be brave enough to just work with what you have and start taking clients and see what happens? You'll figure it out as you go way faster than if you try to figure it out safely behind the scenes where it's not scary, where you don't have to be embarrassed. It's like, that doesn't work. Put it in the spotlight reach for it let it let yourself feel a little afraid do it there because that's where it just sprouts and you're like oh my god I know what I'm doing okay it's like click and it all goes into place and you suddenly have this incredible modality that's not being taught here that's just yours it's your own framework it's your own terms you can you know make that into a gorgeous offering for people yeah so you got to put it in the spotlight Totally. And I think that's the time that we're in. And I'm feeling more and more of that every day where I just care. I'm like, I don't care if I get that, you know, or I'm already there, but I speak to a lot of things that people probably think are crazy. But when I really find that those soul gifts that I want to, I don't, I just don't care. And I think that that's why it's important for people like you and I to speak because we are moving into this age where we need the renegades and people who are ready to go rogue and be bold and brazen and say, we need to stop being so afraid to say what we really think or feel or believe because of we're so afraid of rejection. Our society is so particular about this is what's acceptable and this is not. And if you don't fit in, it can be really unpleasant. But once we break through that fear, we the change can happen exponentially so quickly. But it's going to take those first few people, right? The way showers, the leaders to say, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it. And then people are going to be like, Oh my God, they're, they're doing, they're crazy. But then they're going to say, wow, but that's interesting. You know? So and we're in that time of renegades of people who are like, this is not working. This way of life on earth doesn't work. It's completely dysfunctional. It's totally upside down backwards the way that we live. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, the waves of awakening are getting bigger and bigger. Wow. We couldn't all awaken at once because the, the infrastructure is not in place. The whole world would have burned down, basically. We we would have just lost the, the thread. But we, we, we awaken in waves. And that's Dolores Cannon, the waves of awakening. I love her books about the waves of awakening. So there's these waves of awakening that pass over the planet and different people are ready for it at that time. It's in their soul contracts. That's when they wake up. Mm -hmm. So that means there's zero judgment about somebody who hasn't awoken yet because it's not their divine time it's not that they're less smart or less this I don't like when people call them sheeple or they put them down that's not that's not okay it's it's not their divine time yet we can't all awaken at once but the thing is there's a very very huge wave of awakening coming in 2024 I continue to be shown this year over and over and over again there's a lot that's happening in 2024 um, one of the things is called the great north american eclipse you can google that now it's this huge thing happening april 8th um, in 2024. So there's this huge wave of awakening and we're building up to that right now with these intense solar flares and Schumann activations. 
we need, like you said, we need all of the hands on board to support that huge wave of awakening. We need all the healers. You're being called now. You have five months to get it together before 2024. Like we need all the healers, the coaches. We need the light language artists. We need the readers, the channelers. We need the authors. You know, the, the, the we just need all the wisdom and all the help. We need the new earth leaders essentially. And so if you are hearing this and you're feeling something, you're being called, you're being soul called into your mission. If not now, when? When, literally when we're in 2023, look at what has happened in the last three years. If you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? It is time to break free of the mold and of your fear and do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So encouraging and inspiring to hear. And it, it is, I mean, I think if you feel it, if you're starting to feel like I do is sort of like this rumbling under the surface that there is something that's coming forth. Uh, it's just, it is really exciting. And it's just, to me, it just is inevitable, right? I mean, again, I think earth is a strange place because we act as if the way things are set in stone, but life yeah. literally is change. It's synonymous. Nothing ever stays the same. So it's like, we're trying to hang on to this mountain that's ready to erupt and change and shift, right? But we're like, no, 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 it can't shift. We can't break away from our ideas about the structures of life and what life is and means. But we're going to, we're going to, that's where we're headed. But Look at what happened in 2020, everything fell apart. Like the whole world changed, right? It's going to happen again and again and again until the old systems that are, that are built on this toxic masculinity break way for something that's more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That are completely based on your value and worth being in externals, which is very masculine. Activity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of that. So, and the return of the divine feminine that says it's time to get backwards to what's actually true about life. Not that the more you do, the more impressive you are, but that what you're being is the only thing that matters, right? Is the, oh, and that was something I was going to mention earlier when you were talking about like getting in the, the car uh, or the um, traffic jam and you're, you know, I, I saw this list, right? When you said I pictured, it was like your soul's agenda and then your ego's agenda. Like when we get in traffic jam, our first thought is like, I'm going to be late to work. I'm going to, my boss is going to be mad at me. I'm going to, and so we're stuck in this zone, but our soul is like, oh, good. Now I get to experience patience. Now I get to experience uh, flexibility. So, and the only thing that ever matters is your soul agenda. The ego is just like the framework to experience life on earth. But we are so attached to that, that we let all these things go by the wayside, these valuable lessons that we're meant to have. So I just wanted to point that out because I think, we're talking really big here, but on a day-to-day -day basis, when you practice that aligning more with your soul's agenda, path, purpose, and letting go more and more of the ego-based ideas and preoccupations, your life starts to fall into place. Things start to flow better. And you get directed towards things that are actually aligned for you and that don't feel so laborious and difficult and challenging, right? Absolutely. And, and you have to slow down to receive that nudge you got to get out of your head take a deep breath in that traffic jam slow down and tune in we all have these gifts like i said they're natural everyone has the clairs everyone has intuition slow down breathe what's really going on behind the scenes because it's all just a scene it's all just an illusion to me i know that my outer reality is just a, a reflection of my inner state so when my inner state is feeling ah, chaotic, I'm going to have all those experiences. When my inner state is like so peaceful and so good, all the outside stuff is so gorgeous. So also just to say, this is another really powerful point, victim mentality, where you think everything's happening to you is the biggest sleeping pill 
on this universe. You keep taking that pill of victim mentality. You're never going to get it. You're never going to awaken to that radical responsibility of the sovereign creator that you, you really are. You truly are that. And so when you take that responsibility and you start creating your life from this level of that enlightenment that we were talking about, it's just, it's a game changer. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think just as you said, is, you know, different people awaken in their own time. I always liken it to addiction. Like you're not done until you're done. You're not ready. Something happens when you have done enough cycles of addiction that you realize, I don't want to do this anymore. Rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rock bottom. Exactly. And you have to hit soul rock bottom too. Because the other thing, there's victim mentality, but there's also, you can be addicted to the drama. Some of us love not knowing what's going to, like, we don't want to believe that we create our lives because we think everything is just, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And and we just, you know, we're attached to the drama. And until we realize we'd rather, rather actually align with being a powerful, intentional creator than just like a, you know, floating dramatic experiencer that just feels like life is just a series of events that just happened to you. And there's neither one is bad or good. It's just your preference, what you're ready for. It's kind of like the way a little kid would spend all their time on a playground. But eventually as you mature, you're like, I'd rather create something of my own, my own playground, my own expression, my own, you know, thing. I feel like that's the difference. Like whether you're going to like play around in this pre-created you know, matrix or move into one of your own creation. But it, but the thing is, you're the creator regardless of your perspective, right? So the chaotic playing in the wind, like the bag twisting in the wind, you're still creating that reality from within anyway. So whether yeah. you believe you it or know. not, you, you can tell it. It. <laughs> yeah. but you don't know, but that's why it's, you're creating just, you're on this loop. People get on autopilot. They get on autopilot and that's just, they just create the same day over and over and over again. And then when you can like unplug the very, the most powerful thing you can do is unplug from the nine to five. If you can unplug from that program, oh, so much opens up to you. Like the nine to five keeps people in autopilot on purpose. It's like the every day is the same. Every day is the same. Every day is, they can't break free. They're so tired when they get home. How are they supposed to create their own business? How are they supposed to have time for their gifts? It's exhausting. And you don't have time to become that sovereign creator. So if you can find a way to unplug from the nine to five and, and just really unplug from really needing the matrix in as many ways as possible, you know, doing your own, you're, you're creating your own products, your own healthcare, growing your own food, whatever you can do. Um, but I found for me, the biggest shift was unplugging from the nine to five. Everything changed. My whole life became sacred. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then Jenny, one last thing I'd like to touch on. We've been talking about bringing new paradigms, ideas, concepts, ways of doing things into being. One thing we talked about is that you have found your soulmate in this lifetime, your soul partner, or maybe, I don't know if you call it that, but you found a beautiful partnership. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I, I want to speak to this because that's a big topic of my show. Because again, I think that's a hurdle for a lot of people. I personally believe that in the whole, we don't, we don't really know what real love is on this planet. We don't express it very often. It, we have this more of a uh, transactional experience that's not actually like pure unconditional love that we give a lot of the times, but more and more people are finding those unconditional loving connections. And so I speak a lot about how to move from this place of, you know, a sense of lack and unworthiness into a place of knowing your worth so you can connect with people who also can truly see you for who you are and you can see them for who they are, not stuck in your own needs met, needing to have deficits. So what, just briefly, what was your experience of actually having a loving soul connection and finding that kind of love? And that I would even just call it like, I would even just call it like divine partner, because I think that twin flames is pretty toxic. Just the understanding, again, that's the label, you know, how humans love to label everything. The twin flame label 
it's not that the words are toxic. It's that the, the understanding behind it now is, is become toxic where people will stay in these abusive relationships because it's their twin flame. And it really worries me. So I would just say like, you're whole and complete on your own, but you can find a divine partner that is unconditional love. My experience. And I think the experience with many people is that your first couple of long-term partners are karmic where you kind of need to get them out of the way in, in recent lifetimes, you've either hurt them or they've hurt you. You need to rebalance, 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 right? If you can clear that, then you don't have these cords to them anymore because you can cut the cords all you want. It's not going to fully work until you clear the karma. So if you really hurt somebody in a past life through infidelity or something like that, you might have to experience the opposite. And now they're doing it to you or controlling behavior or whatever it is. So there's a couple of probably karmic relationships that are going to come. And I mean, long-term, you know, the little ones might not be karmic. They might not be anything, but you will feel at the beginning that this is your soulmate, that this is your person. It will be like a remembrance. It feels so familiar, but it will suddenly start to not suddenly my karmic relationships were long 14 years, 10 years. And there was like this, this knowingness that if I look back, I knew that in both of those experiences, that this was not unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And that there was something bigger out there for me. And I kind of just thought, well, maybe my divine partner isn't here on earth and that's okay. So I'll just continue on. These are pretty good. And there's a sense of settling, but then you get to this point of realizing, you know, through raising your own vibration and all the work that I put in on myself, I started to realize that I don't need to settle. And so where you might get stuck is if you stop with a karmic partner thinking this is pretty good because it can be pretty good. And you stop there. And you don't reach for more. Then you settle and then you're with that person for 80 years or whatever it is. You never get to experience the unconditional love of that next partner. So I'm not saying, oh, the grass is always greener on the other side. What I'm saying is if you know you're settling deep down, it's not it. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for you to be, again, this is a lot about courage, this talk. It's so, so scary for me to let go of something that was 10 years long or 14 years long. I was terrified. What if I don't find anybody? You have to ask yourself, can I be happy with, you know, just my cat or whatever? Like, if I don't find anybody, am I going to be happier without this weight on me? And I can just be my free high vibe self. And if the answer is yes, then it's time to go kind of thing. Like, so that was my way of determining. But I say, I would just say people get stuck in something because they settle and they don't believe, well, what if the fear is, well, what if nothing better comes along? But what if it does, Right. What yeah. if it does? And so if you can just make sure you're never settling. And the thing is, karmic relationships, if they're not done, if you're still learning lessons, if they're still teaching you something or you're still teaching them something, it's not over. You won't get it away. You'll break up, get back together, break up, get back together. It's not over. You'll know when it fizzles out because you won't really feel, you'll feel like, you won't feel hatred. You won't feel anger. You won't feel extreme emotions. You'll just feel neutral. Like, oh, okay, it's over. Like we've learned everything that we can from each other. It's time for me to move on. If you're still feeling like anger and, and all of these extreme emotions, you haven't balanced the karma yet, right? Mm -hmm. It's still, that's karma. All those like turmoil and da, 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 that's karma. So for me, every time I left a relationship, I left it with like not burning down bridges, just like, okay. Even if there was some questionable behavior, I thought, you know what? I forgive this person. And I really just feel like we've taught everything that we can. I wish them the best. If you can do that, awesome. If you're not there yet, it's probably you're not done learning yet. 
Yeah. But don't settle because there is like, I, I honestly believe unconditional love exists on this planet. You can find that soul that is that for you. And it was very surprising to me that it came along when it did. And so quickly after my last like ending of one thing, and then the next thing was just waiting for me. And I was like, thank God I took a chance and left that, which was comfortable and not so bad, but just a little bit of settling feeling. And I moved on and it was like, wow, that's why I felt that way. There was something better knocking at the door. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's such a great message for people to hear because it, there, it, there can be that fear of, well, what if I regret letting this go? But if you're even asking yourself, I would venture to say that it's yeah. not it. I'm right? just going to say, yeah, but if you're wondering, then it's, yeah, that's it. And, then it's and, not the one. It's not yeah. the one. But mm-hmm. it is also so true. And this also people need to hear because we, I know that I've been through some pretty treacherous relationships where I had a lot of, I beat myself up or I was like, why did you do that? Like, why did you stay with them? But it just, there's a cycle playing out. And my yeah. last karmic, it was, and this has actually happened in my last, cause I, I have since 2020, I swear I've had five karmics in a row, some short lived, some a year long, but it's like, what the heck is going on? Quick yeah. lessons that I'm learning. But first, and you know, your guides, your, you know, your intuition, whatever, sometimes will come to you through song. It'll come to you through books, songs, messages. And there's this mm-hmm. song by Lenny Kravitz. It's called, it's not over till it's over. And every time that I would be like, I'm done with this guy. We're over. I turn on the radio and it would, it's not over till it's over. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it was not over. And it, but then, you know, when it was done, I knew I was like, oh, it's, it's gone. It's gone now. That that uh, that agreement, that contract is over. The intensity evaporates. That's when it's yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it's and talk about like seeing everything as a blessing. Like yeah, karmics are crazy, but again, talk about like drama and fun. Like it's it's ups and downs and highs. And it, what I've, I've also found, it's almost like you're kind of playing out a psychodrama. Like with um with karmics, you're kind of releasing a lot of like some anger you have, some deep down like frustrations that only you two can play out because by the time you meet a divine partner, you're not going to be at that energy anymore. You're going to be, you're going to have played that out. So you're ready to actually just express unconditional, pure love, not some of that deeper. You're preparing. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. You're preparing for your divine partner. And you're also making sure that you clear up this karma with this person. So you don't have to do this again. You don't want to, you know, like a lot of them, I wouldn't want to redo again in my next life. So let's clear this up now, clean the slate so we can have something like a little bit lighter in the next one. Yes, definitely. Oh my gosh, Jenny, this has been such a fun conversation. I love it. how all over the place we were. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Those are the best. Those are the best. But it all ties together. It's all because it's a big, yeah. massive thing, you know? Like there's oh, connecting threads and mapping around this whole concept of star seeds and the star seeds academy and your, you know, your soul gifts and earth mission. Whew. But it's, it's beautiful. So <laughs> thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for the work that you do and for having that courage to step forward and do this work even back in that time like it really wasn't very as mainstream now it's like pretty big right like you're there's a it's actually a pretty big pool of people out there now who are talking about all this stuff but back then like it wasn't and it was hard it's hard to step out when nobody's really wanting to hear what you have to say or thinks it's strange but again that's what we need more and more of at this time Mm -hmm. absolutely so Jenny, if people would like to get into the Starseed Academy, would like to learn more about you, work with you, how can they find you? Come find me on YouTube and you can find me on Instagram as well. On Instagram, look for the blue check because I've got lots of scam accounts, which happens, right? Um, so I've got the blue check just so you know that it's me. And then on YouTube, it's just called Starseed Academy and you'll see my face on there. <laughs> wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, Jenny. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. This is such a fun conversation. Take Thank care. you so much, Whitney.
That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world. Thank you.